Welcome to Campfire Fireside Chats. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome, campers, to this week's Fireside Chat. This week we had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Fred Anderson. He's the head editor of Sweden's most streamed show. Not most streamed paranormal show, most streamed program. It's called Spekjakt, or Ghost Hunt. In addition to his remarkable work in TV, he also takes a special interest in rarely discussed Swedish UFO sightings. In this episode, I really wanted to find out what makes Fred tick, as if that's possible with any of us to truly understand, but I wanted to try my best. Turns out it may be the biggest mystery I've tackled so far, but I definitely had a fantastic time working at it. Go and support Fred in everything he does, but for now, sit back and relax and enjoy this fireside chat with the one, the only, Fred Anderson. All right, Fred. First off, I want to thank you for taking the time to come out on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. Ever since you contributed to the Strange Semantics special that we did earlier this year, I've, you've been like on the list of people that I really wanted to have on the show because I, I felt like you had one of the most significant contributions for me personally i think it it really resonated with me thank you thank you yeah it was a uh, uh, it was great to participate in that and what so many wonderful voices you put together in this project i uh, i had uh, i was super nervous really i was very very nervous and you could probably hear that when i recorded uh, uh, because you know i I tried to be as honest as possible with how I felt about high strangeness and what it is and the whole phenomena around it. Uh, but you know, it's always, I, it's even if I'm among friends, there's always this this little thing in the back of my head saying, "Fred, you're 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 crazy. You you might be crazy, you know." Yeah. When you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think. I think that comes from I think that comes along with any time you're you're discussing a subject that's so subjective, right? By nature it's it's something different to everyone who experiences it. So, it's easy to feel like maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I I I I hear you. I hear you. Uh I mean, I Often, uh, especially in my uh, work, I, I, I get the question from colleagues and from participants who ask, Fred, do, do you believe in this? You know, for example, if the subject comes into UFOs or, or you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, I mean, what's my answer to that? Um, I don't want to use the word uh, belief, really, either. You know, I often just say that, uh, I'm sure that something is out there, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, um, that's my, <laughs> I guess, a quite frustrating answer to them. <laughs> I, I suppose, sure. uh, but it's also, I mean, 
I, for me, uh, uh, doing this uh, project uh, uh, with you was fantastic because it might have been the first time I actually sat down and wrote wrote down what my my uh, definition of it was. You know, it's. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I actually used this text in my upcoming book in the foreword to it. Wow! I I mixed it in there because I felt okay. This is this is probably the the clearest I've written about it, you know, from, you know, so people yeah. can understand me. Um, I I guess it's still a bit mumbo jumbo for, for some people, a lot of woo, but you know, no, I it love is it. what this is. Yeah, I you. love that it's, um, that you've chosen to include it in the foreword. That's, that's awesome. I think <laughs> it was really impactful. I think it carried a lot of weight because you could tell, I mean, I'm someone who didn't really know you at all when you submitted it, right? We hadn't even really interacted online. Um, but I could tell just listening that what you were saying meant something to you yeah. when you were saying it, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it felt real, right? Um, <laughs> which which is a big, it's a big thing. Yeah, now I'm blushing for real. You know, you can't see it because <laughs> of my tinted webcam here, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm getting warm and fussy, you know, in, yeah. The face, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super happy and grateful to to hear that, you know, because it's. Uh, I mean, I must confess, I I fight a lot with my self confidence, which I mean, I'm a, I'm 45 years old, and I maybe I should have been, you know, I should be more secure about things and myself, uh, but I would say it wasn't, you know, until I turned 40. I, for for you know, I seriously started to dive into the subject. I mean, I've been interested in it since I was a child, as yeah. you know, as many others. But so it's, this is something that's happening. You know, the last five, six, seven years. You know, where I started to really dig into it, think about. It. And I come from a oh, it's a, such a long story. But anyway, I've been both a Christian and an atheist, and now I'm just. I don't know. I'm yeah. <laughs> I don't know is where I'm at too, personally. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just sort of floating in the ether between everything else. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I, I think that's very healthy because, uh, I mean, I, I really have a difficult time to understand what truth is, especially in, in, in this very weird subject. Of yes. ghosts and UFOs and cryptids and everything, because I I, I really have you know I I have issues when someone tells the truth. This is the truth. This is the this is this, this is that. You know I I, I no no I'm backing off. I find yeah. it maybe I find it scary. I don't know. Sometimes silly. I don't know. But it's it's. <laughs> I mean, I, just just the word truth is loaded, right? Oh. And the word real is loaded i i'm often asked by people who do these like sort of surface level tonight show style interviews um they'll ask do you think this is real mm. right and the first response i always have for them is well we're gonna have to take a hundred steps back and define what's real <laughs> what yes. does real mean right yeah yeah, um, yeah. Because, I mean, it could mean a hundred different things. And it could mean something different to anyone who's discussing it. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was someone on, on Twitter who wrote the other day a, a quite long tweet that I, I think Jacques Vallée has been into this also, that maybe this whole UFO thing is misunderstandings. Everything is a misunderstanding. Everything is, you know, people imagining stuff. But yeah. does that make it less powerful? I don't think so. I think it's like, it's uh, it's somehow even more powerful and interesting, you know, yes. because it's come alive. Yeah, because it's it's more at that point it's more about the interaction between a person's psyche and their environment. Right? Which which makes it so much more fascinating, if you ask yeah. me. It's not just about, you know, an extraterrestrial floating in the sky, right? It's it's about humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is so much more profound, I think. A way to look at it yeah yeah definitely i mean i mean i have a few you know favorite cases which i read a lot about swedish cases and even to this day i mean i, I wrote a chapter about one of these in the i'm not sure if it's if it's a dream or if it was something else but yeah i would never take away this guy's experience if it was a dream because it's like it's it's so cool anyway anyway yeah. you know <laughs> it's, yeah. it's such a awesome experience you know uh, even if it was a dream uh, yeah. uh, I mean dreams you know I can go I can be more mumbo jumbo here but I mean dreams is a f form of reality anyway I mean it it is uh, at least to me you know yeah. it's like you're facing over to this really weird reality when you sleep and then you wake up again and somehow maybe in that dream state there's a there's another f f fred dreaming about this super normal state i'm in now uh yeah you know you you never know you know it's can can be anything <laughs> yeah i mean i i have close friends who have had you know experiences with psychedelics right that have been profound life-altering like shake them to the core and change who they are as a person and i would never tell them that what they experienced wasn't real mm -hmm. you know i i think it's it's on the same scale as that uh, right? yeah i i totally agree i mean i I've, I've had my fair share of psychedelic experiences mostly with with the mushrooms um and uh, yeah i i totally agree because those experiences even if i mean f from an outside view it was probably just me laying in a bed doing nothing or sure. sitting in the forest staring at a tree but <laughs> my experience was 100% real you know yeah that 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 was the the my reality at that moment you know yeah uh very very powerful uh and um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bore you with that because one of the most boring things in the world are trip reports, you know. So, yeah. so but <laughs> personally, I find them fascinating. But I know a lot of people think about it that way. Yeah, um, it's, but it's, it's such a subjective thing, you know. Yes. It's it's like yeah. it's uh, so hard to uh, contextualize it. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but I I find it funny that you pointed out that. To the outside world it probably just looked like you laying on the bed or laying in the foot because a lot 
of alien abduction cases are exactly the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It to to the observer to the third party it looks like nothing happened, but they have this transformative experience. Yeah, I'm you know when you're bringing it up, I'm I'm getting goosebumps. You know, my my the hair stands up on my arms. Of course, I've been thinking about this before, but it's it becomes so so clear and evident when you when you say these words because it's so similar. It's so it's I mean yeah it's it to me it's it it is the same thing. uh, and it it is as real as you know me go shopping buying milk or something you know? yes. it's just much weirder yeah which in a way makes it more real right because are you interacting with a part of yourself that is you know fundamentally more real than <laughs> than the you know than the mask you wear around all day <laughs> um yeah it's there's yeah. a lot there's a yeah, lot it's... to it uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. It gives you a lot to think about. Uh, um, uh, I mean, a third thing that fits right into that description, too, is near-death experiences. Hmm. Right? Because to the outside party, it looks like the person's just lying there, but they're having this whole series of experiences that, in in most cases, changes them forever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've... Um... One near-death experiences experience I've always I, I'm always get reminded of is the one John Eel Tenney had. Uh, I don't know if you heard it, but he, he mentioned he was uh, he, he he was dead for a moment and he went to the light and he decided mm-hmm. to no I'm not gonna go into the light you know I'm gonna yeah. go into the black void you know on the side instead and uh, that's that's a very I. When I heard about that, when I heard that story the first time, I I felt even calmer than I did before regarding death and dying, because it I I trust I trust Tenny, uh, yeah. so that made me feel like okay, th- there is a choice even there, you know. I don't have to go and meet those old relatives <laughs> or whatever who's meeting sure. me, you know. I can do something else, yeah, <laughs> wherever that is, you know. I'm always struck by those, by those accounts. In, I guess the the bravery I think that it would take to choose the void, right? Um, it seems like it just goes against against human nature even to to go out in to choose to go out into the unknown instead of the one beacon in mm-hmm. front of you. Yeah, it's a scary thought somehow because yeah. it's really the the that's really the great unknown uh mm-hmm. meeting you but i i can pro no i can't promise that but i if i ever end up in a situation like that i would you know i would hit for the void i would hit for yeah, the you, think so. <laughs> you know <it's, laughs> i i many years ago i particip- i participated in past life regression hypnosis uh, we did research for a, a tv project and i i've never been hypnotized before uh, but I'm I'm quite good at you know going into something you know totally. So I, I mean my colleagues they it didn't work at all. Me I was like okay I want to see what I did you know in a past life. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the guy hypnotized me and you know there were whale song or something in, in the background, and 
the story that unfolded itself is is not so interesting. But at the end, he he told me, uh, uh, "I now you're gonna see your own death in 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 this life." Uh, so okay, I I I saw my own death. I saw people, some unknown people around me that uh, that clearly loved me and. Uh, the, the 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 vision became darker and suddenly I was out in what I would call space you know you can yeah. see stars in the distance I was floating around in space and after a while I, I noticed that these weren't stars it was like a huge net uh, a giant net and and, and and each of these stars were the the knots in the in the yeah. In the line. And, yeah, and I okay. realized there that each of these knots is a new life. So now I could choose from billions of <laughs> of other lives. So wow. I just aimed. I just aimed for one of these knots. I di I dived into it, and I, the last thing I saw be before waking up was the the foggy foggy London. You know, because I could okay. recognize the 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 Thames, the Thames, uh, yeah. Thames, Thames. I don't know how to pronounce yeah, the Thames. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, down below, and uh, I I don't know what to say about past life regression, but it was a very very powerful image and powerful realization that uh, with this with this net, this with with this with this so many choices. And if it's real choices or not, I have absolutely no idea, of course. But it was like, a, it meant a lot to me. You know, it's incredibly yeah. powerful. That Yeah, that sounds remarkable. That's I mean, I feel like look, having that perspective would make you feel much more in control of things, yeah. right? And that's very comforting, right? To think, to think that we would have a choice, right? Oh, that yeah. we would... Or that we would even be conscious to make the choice, right? Yeah, yeah. wonderful realization, and 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 it's. I mean, I can say the same things about my my experiences with mushrooms, you know, because you 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 get such a wider, deeper understanding of nature, about consciousness, uh, about life, about humans, animals. Uh, you know, I would never want to be without it, you know, you know, yeah. so, you know, both past life regression and, and mushrooms, you know, they kind of fuse together somehow. They, they, yeah. <laughs> it's, and, I mean, there's a certain um, ecology to things that you realize from particularly mushrooms, mm -hmm. right? They give you this sense of connectedness, right? With everything that is pretty profound. I, I've found that like it has a real impact on your ability to to embrace empathy when mm -hmm. you feel it, right? Because that that sort of connection with everything around you is something, in my experience, that stays. Because a lot of what you learn on a trip, from in my experience, it, it goes away. It sort of over time you feel it less and less. You know, again, much like people describe paranormal experiences where they're less impactful over time. Um, but that sense of connectedness, I think, is something that stuck with me from from those experiences. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm 
I mean, I'm a. I was raised in the in the city, so I'm a city boy from the beginning, you know, the, mm-hmm. or the more rougher uh, suburbs, actually. Uh, so I I've always had uh, I still have a very deep respect for nature, but I, I had before the mushroom experiences started some kind of I don't want to call it fear, but some kind of you know there was something with it that felt scary. Know. Yeah, uh, but with unfamiliar. With mushroom- yeah, unfamiliar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. From everything, from animals to to you know plants, trees. Uh, but after uh, I've been doing mushrooms, I f- I I don't feel I feel perfectly okay with touching a weird insect out in the forest or yeah. or you know you know roam around in in mud you know this mm-hmm. this uh gave so much <laughs> so <laughs> i mean during during the last uh, journey we had we were we, we deliberately got lost in a forest we knew a forest we haven't been so much in so we thought okay it's fun to get lost on four grams absolutely yeah yeah that's and i we sat down in the moss and suddenly there was this huge ant on my finger. It was the biggest ant I've ever seen. And I looked close at it and it was like a monster. And it started to <laughs> this it started to eat my finger. Uh and it it started to swell up from my blood, I thought, you know. Uh-huh. And and usually now I don't know really how much reality there was. You know, consensus sure. reality was in this, but <laughs> normally, of course, I would have been very scared. You know, sure. with an animal eating on me. But now it was more like, you know, what, what a, what a wonderful nature we have. You know, it's <laughs> eating my finger. It's, I'm feeding it with my own blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we decided to move because there was a lot of those ants. So yeah, that's that seems like a good choice. Um, <laughs> But it's it's funny in those moments. It's almost like you're you're too busy wondering where you end and where the ant begins. Yes. Right. Yes. To to yeah. even worry about your finger. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. So speaking of growing up in the city, can you describe the place you grew up? Like yeah. What what your what growing up was like for you? Yeah, I, I uh, was. I, I grew up in the suburbs of Westeros. Um, Westeros. For those who watch Game of Thrones, there's a town called Westeros in that one, but it's spelled differently. So Westeros is this harbor town with a lot of industry, and it's parts. It's a quite rough town, and we lived in the. I I don't want to. At the time, you could say it was a little bit ghettoish. I'm not okay. saying it's it was so rough, but it was you know there was a lot of people, including my own family, who had problems, have issues, you know, with alcohol, all sure. kinds of all kinds of things. So it 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 was a rough place, but uh, and I I lived there together with my mom and my two older brothers, uh, and I I mostly spent time alone. Uh, playing with the other kids around, mostly also kids belonging to families with uh, addiction problems. So it, we kind of became a, a, you know, some kind of support to each other. You know, yeah. when 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 mom was drunk or or my friend's dad was drunk, you know, yeah. then we could you know 
do our things, go on adventures, etc., etc. Um, but I I visited this place a couple of years ago again, and I was so happy to see how how nice it looked because my memories from it was much more grayer and dirtier. And when I came there, I I you know. I, I was sounding old, but I was so happy to see kids playing everywhere, and you know there were yeah. a lot more plants and nature around, and it uh, it felt it felt good to visit it after I mean at least thirty years uh, yeah. to see how it looked. Um, and my my mom she was a she was a welder at Asia Brown Boweri, so she she was welding submarines and nuclear plants basically wow <laughs> um and my father they were divorced at the time he is uh, he worked at the local newspaper uh which he did until a couple of years ago when he retired so so i had the uh, i had i was kind of one foot in the you know a very working class environment and the other foot in 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 the newspaper media business because of course I have you know I, I played a lot at at the uh, at my father's work and I, yeah. I learned to love the smell of printing machines and, and at that time of course it was very very analog there were no computers so they used they put together the newspapers with these tiny metal letters I don't know the English you know like fonts yeah. Um, uh, like yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and my my mom drank a lot, but somehow she ended up at, uh, at uh, uh, some Christian organization, uh, uh, evangelical organization, and she found Jesus and 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 God and became sober. And this was eighty two, maybe or something like okay. that. So we kind of we kind of moved to. Uh, she started to work at a, at a rehabilitation home for for uh, uh, all you know alcoholics and uh, um, people with uh, narcotics addiction, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So I, I was raised there. Was my I mean my main childhood were were at a re, at a Christian, quite conservative uh, rehabilitation home out on the uh, countryside you know, nature yeah. everywhere a castle lovely place dark underneath but beautiful place at least you know from the from and the, how old you know, were the... you when when that happened when you moved out there i i'd say i was i was six or seven when we moved to this uh, this home um, okay. uh outside sigtuna sigtuna is the oldest town in sweden so i I've always been surrounded with, you know, ruins and rune stones and you know all yeah. kinds of archaeology. So, of course, made me very interested in that. So we stayed there for t till the nineties. I don't wow. remember the, the the year exactly when my my mom and her husband at the time, or at the time, is still her husband <laughs> they 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 moved to Östersund which is it's in the north of Sweden so I moved with them and then they moved away from there and I stayed uh, and well now now I am in Stockholm after many years of moving around so you really spent your formative years there at that rehabilitation 
<laughs> yes, oh. it's, it's it's quite... I mean... You know, I, I for many years I couldn't hardly talk about it because it was... You know, it's great because my mother became sober. Right. Wonderful, she's still sober and a very happy woman. But it, it was also this... I knew pretty early that I was gay. Right. Uh, and I also had a, a very big interest in UFOs, ghosts, monsters, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that really didn't fit in in a very conservative yeah. Christian environment. Yeah, you know? those are all <laughs> things that sort of put you naturally at odds with their belief structure, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And they, believe me, they, they tried to change me, but I... I, I guess I've inherited my the stubbornness from my mom uh, because I, 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 you know, I'm I'm not going to change something that I think is fun that, yeah. that gives makes me happy. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I, I spent a number of years there, and it was there was nice, you know, nice parts of it. Absolutely, especially yeah. the nature. The castle. We have. We. My mom worked in a haunted castle that was yeah. on this in this area. <laughs> uh, so I, I love that. But it was also, you know, when you, when you hear every day and you go to meetings, you go to you know first for kids and then for teenagers, and you 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 listen to the to the pastors. Uh, is it called pastor in English? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You you. You constantly hear that certain things are sinful, even if you don't agree with them. But when you hear it almost every day, that yeah. this is bad, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't spend time with these people. Uh, and with these people, I mean non-Christian people, they were quite, yeah. you know, yeah, they wanted to keep on themselves. You know, that uh, fucked me up, I would say. It took me years to to heal from from, yeah. from that kind of can't, I can't say it's brainwashing because I, I didn't turn out, you know... Uh, brainwashed? No, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, of course it affects you. <laughs> yeah. It does, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I have a lot of a lot of friends who are now sort of part of the deconstructionist movement, the, you know, people who grew up in the church and... They, I mean, they deal with, they've dealt with so much religious trauma, right? Yeah. So much of just growing up being told, you know, all the thoughts you're having make you a bad person, <laughs> you know? And that, I mean, that, that'll fuck somebody up real quick. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. And the, the insular communities that they create, I think are really harmful Yeah. for especially young people to just, to be discouraged from expanding their horizons in any way mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. i think i think that's really harmful but did i mean did the effect of of the i guess your mom's conversion did the effect on because obviously that affected her life in positive ways too with her getting sober did it does that fact leave you seeing sort of the the good side of religion as well yeah, I mean, there was quite many years where I I, uh, I don't like to hate things, but I, I would say that I definitely hated Christianity right. and churches and all kinds of stuff. I didn't hate my mother, of course. I 
she, sure. she's always been a very wise woman support so but i i mean i couldn't go near churches <laughs> i couldn't go into church because it was so it's i you know i i got this hor- horrifying destructive feelings uh depression um i don't know how to describe it but very 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 dark and it took me yet you know many years to kind of step back a bit and, and and look at it from a different point of view because i uh I, now I almost said that some of my best friends are Christians, but it's, it's just, it's, uh, I, I, I can see it from a definitely a different perspective nowadays. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, my mom is still a Christian. Her husband, her husband right. is still a Christian and I have friends and I, I met other wonderful people on social media, especially who are very, very healthy persons when it comes to you know you know the general attitude towards other people and themselves of course. yeah uh, so I, I can see that but I think that, that my my main problem in general with religion is the is when it, it gets too organized it gets too yes. you know you, you form a group and you're gonna do stuff in that group and you want to you want other people to behave like that you know the organiz- yeah. organization part it's Ah, I you know, I, it still triggers me. <laughs> I think I think over the last century or over the last century or so, religion has become pretty much a giant clusterfuck. It just <laughs> it's I mean, if anything I think that needs to reorganize because it's become so scattered and and warmongering and there's all this insider fighting and it's I think it's become, especially over the last 50 years or so, it's become, well, let's say, well, in the United States since the 80s, I think the early 80s, it started, it just, it's become a very destructive negative force, I think, over the last 50 years or so. So I I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I'm, I'm so sad to hear how, uh, what's happening in the United States, but I mean, Sweden, the last twenty years, it's going the same direction. I mean, uh, I don't. Is want there to a strong into... conservative movement over oh, there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't want to go into politics, but yeah, at the moment we have a very, very conservative government with a extremely homophobic and racist Christian party in the center. They're very small. Wow. But they're, you know, to get enough votes, they collaborate so they can mm-hmm. get the power anyway. Um, and uh, and that saddens me so much. And that's something I, I would say I, I don't. Some days when I wake up and I see how it is and I hear how it is, I'm not entirely sure how to deal with it. And I'm trying to be cool, you know, try to look at it with some kind of I don't know, you know. But it's 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 it's. It it's hit, hits me in the, in the heart, you yeah. know, when I see what's happening. It's yeah. horrible, horrible. That's scary for us, too, because we American liberals sort of look to Scandinavia as, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm sure you guys hear it all the time, but, yeah. like, it it's, yeah, that's scary. And, you know, those big movements start out as small little parties in mm-hmm. the center, you know, getting a little power here and a little power there. It's... Yeah, so I understand. That's scary. 
Yeah, it, it is. It is. I. Um, I mean, I. I kind of feel some comfort in Terence McKenna here in in his uh, novelty theory in in uh, what's he call it the the mysterious object at the end of time uh, tr yeah. the transcendental object at the end of time yes uh, I mean you, I'm sure everyone is you know familiar with it but you have this massive wave of information coming and it's getting more and more intensive and sooner or later it will crash so what's behind the event horizon when everything just collapses or explodes and my hope is is that beyond the event horizon that the transcendental object at the end of time is peace is yes. calm you know that's i you know raw you know that's that's my that's i yeah i think about that quite often actually an existence <laughs> of pure novelty yeah 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 uh, i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> Let's cr cross our fingers for it. <laughs> yeah, every day. Yeah. <laughs> every day. Um, so when when you um, you said you moved up north and then your parents moved again, but you stayed. Yeah. Um, so what did you do early in your adult life? Yeah, the the I mean, we lived in a very, very small town. Called it's close to the mountains there's forests everywhere we have a beautiful lake with a lake monster by the way one of the more famous lake monsters in the world the great lake monster uh, so it was a lovely beautiful place to live but as my, my mother and her husband had moved away I, I stayed and I was still quite young you know I, I, I I've just gotten out from the infamous closet basically in a small town <laughs> somewhere in the middle of nowhere uh, and desperately trying to survive in that environment. You know, I, I'm not going to bash this town because it's a good town, but it's also yeah. a very, very small town with quite narrow view of, of things. Uh, so I focused, you know, we tried to make movies, we tried to do music, we tried to be creative, and I ended up working uh, at a local TV station, editing uh, editing and shooting like hundreds of really, really, really bad TV commercials, you know, local commercials. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then there was this kind of this moment where I gave up everything. I was like, okay, I'm not going to go anywhere so i took a job at a local archive facility where you know they they stored a lot of papers often you know bank papers and cover yeah and i worked with scanning uh so i worked there for a year and then suddenly i saw i, 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 I by this time i i had given up everything i felt i'm gonna i'm gonna end up in this town i'm gonna be a you know a, a bitter gay man in 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 Ostersund, you know with yeah. no future you know like i think many you know they they can see that uh but then they they put out an ad uh, uh that they they wanted someone in stockholm for the same company uh, customer service in stockholm and i i felt okay i'm gonna apply for this and i got the job and they paid for uh, the whole trip down and you know moved the, the my apartment not apartment the content in apartment yeah 
so I ended up in Stockholm and worked there for three, four years, which was hell. It was the fucking shittiest work I've ed- ever had. Really. Wow, what were you doing? I was customer service. And, you know, customer service is shit. Yes. You know, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I lived in Stockholm. Uh, it's a town I love. So that's great. You know, mm-hmm. so much bigger town. Uh, and a, a big town in Sweden means it's like it has like one million people. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's that's huge. Yeah. Uh, so I suffered there for those years, and then they they wanted to move our department down to a small shitty town in the south of Sweden, and they told me, okay, Fred, either you move down and start working in in our old uh, uh, they had a cave system, no, a mine system where they had. Wow. And that's. I don't know. No. So they asked me, okay, you can you can move there, or we give you a severance pay, uh, three months plus uh, additionally one hundred thousand kroner, which is like twelve thousand dollars. Okay. And you know, for me it was like, well, I'm taking the money. Yeah. Yeah. I... <laughs> 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 um, so I mean, I it. In the end, it turned out great. I had to yeah. suffer those years to be free, or what what you want to call it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so from there, my you know the the new phase of my life started basically mm. uh, from from going from this shitty job to being a freelancer, you know. Since then, which is yeah. quite many years right now, so. Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, still... that's amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you had to, like, suffer that work for a few years, and then it gave you the opportunity to not only be in a much bigger, more liberal city now, right? Where you're... I imagine you felt a little more free to be you, right? And to pursue yeah. the things you wanted to pursue. Um, but also to have that, you know, the severance pay and all that, which gave you a little leeway to find to find a new direction right yeah i mean the 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 severance pay and the additional three months pay was like i've never you know for for that kind of work we did i never thought something like that would happen so i I would still feel it's some kind of magic involved there because it's like i I mean even in liberal sweden you don't give you know, almost two hundred thousand to a customer service guy who, sure. you, know, you know, it's it's weird. You know, when I think about it, but that helped me. You know, to just calm down a bit. You know, okay, focus. Okay, what should I do? And yeah. uh, I, a few weeks later, uh, a friend I got down there called me and said, "Hey, Fred, uh, would you like to start working with a TV show?" Because he knew I was working at the local TV station. Once upon mm-hmm. a time, uh, and you're gonna do research, and I was like, "Yes, absolutely." Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I started working with a show called Stalkers, which basically is a show where they confront stalkers. Uh, so okay. it was kind of nightmare because I had to talk with all these, all these people with horrible, horrible experiences. You know, because they're oh. being stalked often by yeah. their, their ex-husbands and similar. So that was quite a harsh start on my TV, uh, my, my TV career, I can tell you. 
but yeah. from, from 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 that on you know i've been i i never had a um you know um what do you call it a fixed job a steady job i've uh, yeah. you know i've just, just been a freelance free, yeah freelance uh okay. which was is very good for me because i have a uh, deep issues with too much control yeah <laughs> is is that a common is that a common thing in the tv industry over there for are most of the people you work with also freelancers yeah yeah absolutely i would say 95 percent wow the only ones with a steady job are the you know the, the office people you know who gotcha work with salaries tracks yeah. and stuff and of course some producers and stuff sure. but uh but it fits me very good you know i i I get a lot of anxiety when I didn't I don't have a job for two months or three months, which happens from time to time. But it's sure. also wow, I need these months to to just yeah. calm down again. Recuperate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm privileged, absolutely. And I'm I'm you know, I I I I don't want to change that. You know, I rather live super poor for a couple of months and then live the happy days for Yeah three months you know it's, it's fine <laughs> yeah I, I mean that i feel like that kind of life isn't for everyone but the people who find it and love it really love it yeah like that you that just the feeling of being untethered right mm. that you there isn't a place you have to go to every single day right oh yeah definitely and i mean the the tv business at least here in sweden is you know you you often if it's not when you're filming something, you have you can uh, plan your days pretty. You know, you're, you're quite free there. You know, you can yeah. work from home, or you can you can come in later or go earlier or work later. You mm-hmm. you're you're your own boss more or yeah. less. Not everywhere, but you know, in, in, depending on which company you work for. But that is also very very good for me because I can't stand you know nine to five just yeah. it won't work because i'm i'm the smartest from six in the morning and I, then i get very 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 stupid around one o'clock today <laughs> uh so it's uh, i kind of do everything i need to do in the morning that's what time that's do the, we have you today uh now <laughs> now it's 5 38 in the in the evening p.m here yeah. uh, so i feel actually quite uh, awake uh to that's be honest good. so yeah yeah yeah, I was kind of surprised when he said that because you you seem quite articulate and sort of fired up <laughs> through the whole interview so far. So yeah, I'm surprised myself actually, but uh, yeah. I'm uh, I I and I woke up uh, four in the morning, uh, so I've I've been I've been doing stuff. I and, and when I mean doing stuff, I mean watching movies and painting the whole day. Uh, yeah, I, I because I'm. I, I have vacation at the moment, so maybe it's because I've I've been doing that. I feel so alive at the moment because I'm just doing stuff that it's my stuff. It's, yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> and I've um, been really looking forward to do this talk also. So I'm, yeah. I'm I I don't feel nervous anymore. So good, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been looking forward to it too. What have you been painting? I've I've uh, oh. Here's the here's the deal. Two years ago, I I took a huge amount of fly agaric, the the, the mushroom, the Amanita muscaria, uh, 
we had a day where we're supposed to not look at the internet or telephones or time. Yeah. And we had this bunch of dried amanitas. So we couldn't check how much we 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 were supposed to eat. Uh, and we hadn't <laughs> researched it before. So we basically ate most of it. And afterwards we realized that we ate like 10 times more should. Wow, a heroic dose. <laughs> that was a very, very, very fascinating evening. Uh, hard to explain. I, I don't know if you ever tried it, but it's not like psilocybin. It's something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amanita muscaria is the red cap, right? Yeah, yeah, with yeah, white, uh, yeah. Yep. So it's could be poisonous, but you know, let sure. it dry. Everything, it's fine. Right. You, you just uh, get your consciousness fucked up in all sorts <laughs> of ways. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> here's what I want to say. During that evening, before the Amanita kicked in, or when it started to kick in, I picked up a piece of paper and pens and I started to draw. And since then I've been painting and drawing every day for two years now. And before that oh. I haven't really been doing that. Uh, so I, I thank uh, the Great Mushroom for, for, for making me explore that area. So it's been both silly drawings uh, to a lot of abstract uh, watercolors nowadays. Um, uh, some of them I'm pretty proud of myself, actually. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I'm. Some of them I feel this is not bad, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's because I've been doing it every day basically for two years. You know, there's no. Yeah. It's it's you just learn to think in a different way you 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 get acquainted with the the techniques and the material you you know how it works and suddenly you have more control over it and you can create stuff that you feel you know this is kind of what i imagined in my head yeah uh so i'm yeah i'm just doing it and i put it on instagram and twitter and that's it basically so i i think <laughs> i think a big part of of doing especially pursuing an art whether it's painting or writing or music, I think over time doing it, the practice, I think not only makes you better, objectively better at the art, I think you also, you're finding yourself in the art, mm -hmm. right? So I think as much as you're getting better objectively, I think you're also, the experience is better. You're more tied to the art. And over time you, you learn to accept what a good painting is to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I would, I would love to see more of your, more of your work. I've seen a little bit of it on Twitter, I think, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I, I did one I called Burb. Burb as a bird, uh, mm -hmm. I, I um, added today, which I, I, I actually feel it's it's quite it's, it's quite mainstream, I would say, but it's it's more accessible. But yeah. uh, when I when I did it, I finished it this morning. Uh, uh, I actually went to town, which is like four miles away, and bought a couple of pens I needed because I needed to use these pens to finish it. <laughs> uh, and I feel very happy with it. I, it feels like, uh, it feels a lot like kind of what I had in mind from the beginning. And I, I love how the uh, co colors work together and, and the, 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 
the difference between the white ink I'm using and and the watercolors makes it yeah. stand out. Now I'm bragging here. I'm not. I, <laughs> you're, you're, it's you who making me do this. So I'm. Yes. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I, th I think uh, the wor I think the world is in desperate need of people who are willing to say I'm proud of this thing I did. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think artists in particular are kind of shamed into thinking they're supposed to be this like brooding, I'm never happy with my own work type people, right? But it's, I mean, it's a, a sort of beautiful and freeing experience to just go, I made that and I love it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's good for people. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will, uh, yeah, I will carry those words with me actually because I'm terribly good at bashing myself uh, yeah me too me too yeah. i have to remind myself to 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 be supportive of myself right yeah chill yeah. down with the bashing you know uh yeah Ooh, yeah i'm getting now i'm getting nervous because i'm talking about the art you know because yeah. this is still a sensitive subject for me <laughs> i know this sure. <laughs> i understand um so when did your work in tv start blending with your interest in in the paranormal i as quite early on maybe five years into my career i got an offer to be a segment producer for a show called det okända which means the unknown and that that was a show that i think they made in total 350 episode episodes of it and i did 50 wow. the the last years and the the concept was quite basic uh, there was a family they thought their, their home was haunted and uh, then we came with one of our psychic mediums we had a, a couple of them and they came to the house and they communicated with the with the dead the spirits and uh, and uh, then they did a house cleaning cleansing uh, a cleansing of the home yeah uh, so I've been in a lot of haunted homes allegedly haunted homes but that kind of that kind of um, from from being very 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 skeptical i went to be quite skeptical you know it's it's um, yeah. <laughs> because <I'm> gradual <laughs> yeah you know it's kind of i was kind of eased into it you know like this this might be something in it you know some stuff absolutely bullshit i'm sure of it you know i you know there's some psychics i never want to see again because i feel yeah. that they're just pulling things out of the ass to, to quote book uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but some of them were like hmm how 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 do they know this 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 is something there is something going on i i now i'm gonna say I'm going to say that I don't think it's dead people, but earlier I said that I, I don't know what it is, but I, I have yeah. a feeling that it's not dead people. It's not, it's something else, whatever it is. Yeah. But that, anyway, I got very, very inspired by doing this. It was a lot of fun. It was a nice show to work on. Uh, and then uh, in 2019, I had given up. Uh, because the, that show was cancelled and I did some other shows which I didn't think was especially fun and I I kind of made the decision decision inside to become a therapist <laughs> to, to wow. you know work with that so I was looking at educations you know um, schools etc and then they called and said Fred do, do, we're gonna do a paranormal show uh, 
do you want to be a researcher? And, you know, they, they couldn't have called a, a more fitting person for this. So I said, yes, started working on Monday. One week later, I was, uh, I, I went from researcher to story producer. Um, I, I think in, you call it like uh, editor. For, when I use uh, the word editor, I see someone who's editing, you know, do editing, yeah. but it's not like that. It's, uh, story producing. So I wrote the scripts, I wrote the, you know, did all the research, and I've been doing that ever since for this wow. show. I've, I've done some other shows in between, mm-hmm. but I've been with this show uh, up until the next season, which is season six. I've been finding location, witnesses, I've been doing research, uh, and I've I, I kind of totally embraced it. And I'm trying to get the TV channels to order something with UFOs because there's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, I think I actually I think UFOs are a lot more fun than ghosts, but you know, yeah. need to put bread on the table. Um, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm 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 amazing. I'm that guy in Swedish television. I'm, I think <laughs> I'm the only one who specializes on this. Yeah, I mean that's nice to have the market cornered, right? Um, yeah, but there's. I mean, honestly, I I don't know whoever who they would turn to. You know, yeah. I'm for once I'm I'm the I, I don't want to say expert because we know there's no experts in this field, but I'm I'm the guy to go to if yeah. they want something like that. I hope Absolutely. so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and the show you're working on currently is called Spirkjakt. Can you pronounce that? Spirkjakt. Yeah, 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 pretty close. It it means uh, ghost hunt. Okay. Um, and it's uh, we have a, a very famous uh, influencer, movie producer, and music producer called Joachim Lundell, and he and his wife Jonna is kind of the hosts for it. They began doing this on YouTube, which became an enormous success, and then they transferred into to streaming and television. Uh, so this is on something called Discovery Plus uh, here in, in Scandinavia. And uh, and they have a, a psychic medium on the show, uh, Andreas Österlund, who's a very nice guy I worked with before. Uh, some of them are skeptics. Some of them are true believers. We have a couple of professional ghost hunters, paranormal investigators, uh, um, Tony and Niklas Laxton, which are uh, super nice guys. Uh, very beloved. You know, they every year, twice a year, they rent a big cruising ship uh, yeah, and only for for doing this this uh, this ghost stuff. So all their fans wow. is gathering on this on this cruise ship, yeah. and they go for one day or two days out at the sea, and they they are holding lectures and meet eating greets etc. So they yeah. huge, they gi- enormous here in Scandinavia. It's absurd. That um, sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it's a it's a. I, I say, you know, it's a great show. It, especially visually, it's it's and storytelling wise, it's uh, marvelous. I mean, it looks like a, it looks like a real movie, basically. You know, a wow. feature movie, and we can do very long episodes. You know, from ninety to two hours, ninety minutes to two hours. Wow. So it's far from those, you know, shorter, you know, ghost adventures. It was very, yeah. you know, very. I. 
I don't feel, yeah, shallow. They're quite shallow, fast. Yeah. It's ed editing all the time, horror effects. And of course, we have horror effects in sure. our show also because people want to be scared. Yeah. Um, uh, so we have a lot of freedom doing this. Uh, and that's also wonderful because I know that I can, I can dig up as much as I want, basically. And then I give this material to the team and they, they, you know, they do, okay, we have this to go from and they just, they do whatever they want with my stuff. So yeah. it can transform quite drastically from, from, from uh, the, the first planning to the final product. Uh, so, but uh, we're we're the most streamed TV show in Scandinavia. Um, wow! Congratulations! Never, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm super happy. Thank you. And we won uh, the audience prize for three years in a row at the, wow. this big TV gala. The first time they got angry, and um, the gala that we won, so they changed the rules, so we uh. wouldn't be able to to win. But we won again. And then again, so we'll see if we get the fourth one here. It would be nice, of course. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm man, I'm so happy we did this. Um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Um, before we go, if you could just let the audience know where to follow you, where to, where to find you, anything exciting you have coming up that you'd like people to check out. Well, first of all thanks to you to, for inviting me here i'm very very happy i did it and i i feel so much calmer now you know now I, mm. I i i know that i can spread this episode without any anxiety because i think you know it's <laughs> i don't think i said too many stupid things no. um um i mean where i'm most active is on twitter uh, as homo satanis uh and mastodon as Homo Satanis and Instagram Homo Satanis. It's very easy to find me. I think I'm the only one using that nick in the world. So it's yeah, it's, probably it's, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so and if you go there, you will probably hear me whine a little bit about current ufology. You will see a lot of paintings, uh, Swedish high strangeness, and uh, you know a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and uh, I. Uh, and I can be quite sad sometimes. I always warn people, you know, some days I'm not in the mood and that will be very, very evident when you read my yeah. feed. But the next day, <laughs> those posts will be gone and I'm I'm back again. Yeah. So join me there. Yeah, that's I mean, I will say you're you're a pretty fun follow on Twitter. I think you share a lot of really cool stuff that it, that I'm I'm always happy to click on links that you share. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for doing this again. I'm, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Me too. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. 
It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.